I'm thankful to the Lord for that. Ecclesiastes chapter number 9, we're going to start reading at verse number 10. It's up on the screen there. When you see that, please say amen. It says, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might, for there is no work, no device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave. You can't take nothing with you. I'm going to say that again. You can't take anything with you. Nothing in the grave where thou goest. I returned and saw under the sun that the race... Is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happeneth to them all. I want to preach today on that latter part. The latter part of verse number 11 speaks about, but time and chance happeneth to them all. So I want to preach today about time and chance. Lord, we thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for everything that you have done in this place. I thank you, Lord, for your spirit that abounds in this house. Lord, these are your people. We are your sheep. I am your vessel. Use me, God, for your glory. Help me, Lord, to speak every word that is intended, and help me, Lord, that my flesh will not get in the way. We give you glory in Jesus' name. If you're ready to receive the word, clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Who's ever heard this quoted before? The race is not to the swift, neither the battle to the strong. But he that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. Well, that's actually not scripture, but it's two scriptures combined. You know, I grew up listening to that quoted so much that I actually thought it was a Bible verse. To the point to where I used to look for it and say, I know it's in there somewhere. But it's not a Bible verse. They're taking one piece of the scripture in Ecclesiastes and they're combining it with Matthew 24, verse number 13. Where Matthew 24 says, but he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. Somebody say endure. Life is an endurance race. Life is an endurance race. Many of you have heard this saying as well, that life is not a, or life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. I begin to think about that quote, that life is a marathon, but not a sprint. I wish life was that easy. I wish life was just a marathon. Because a marathon is ran for miles, but it's on flat ground. And life is not just that easy. That you can seriously just coast along and finish whenever you're finished. But life, if I had a witness in here, is full of ups and downs, hills and valleys. It's full of happiness, 
joy, and many disappointments. I'm reading a book right now by a very accomplished writer and professional sports trainer by the name of Dr. Rob Bell. In this book, he emphasizes that he is a lover and advocate of endurance races. And I'm reading this, and as I'm thinking about the things that he are saying and the things that I'm reading, I begin to think about my upbringing and how I hated endurance races. I despise running long distance. I remember as an athlete growing up, they would encourage us to run cross country because it would build our endurance. I remember going to the very first cross country practice and I went home and told my parents I quit. And I did not ever go back because I hated running that long. To the point to where I remember running track when I was in elementary and middle school and they had what was called a 50-yard dash. So that means you can run as hard and as fast as you could, but just for 50 yards. And I remember when I went to high school, I was excited. I went to the track team. I was like, I'm running the 50. They said, sorry, son, there's no more 50. There's only the 100-yard dash. Well, it was on that day I quit track. That is how much I do not like running long distance. I'm going to get you from here to that door, and that's about as far as I'm going. I'm a, but I'll give everything I got to that door. That's why when someone received the Holy Ghost, I run around one time. <laughs> Praise God. Dr. Rob Bell does make a good point, though, as I'm reading this book, and I want to say this here, and I quote. He says, races in general are made special because of the people involved. Any event that brings out the best in one another creates a bond. We all become connected through the struggle. Races where humans cheer on, encourage, and help each other out are the best. It's giving and receiving the love from fellow competitors and supporters. When you see others suffering alongside doing the same difficult task, it pushes you. It's interesting because I begin to think about how he articulated that so well, and I begin to think about our walk in Jesus Christ and how we are people that support one another. We are people that uplift one another. We are people that are connected because of the struggle that we have with our flesh. We oftentimes come to the house of the Lord and we look to other people for support. I'm going to say that again. We come to the house of the Lord and we look to other people. Matter of fact, I appreciate the support of other people. That's why it is very vital that when we come to the house of the Lord, especially on Sunday mornings, that we do not have a selfish mindset to where we only come saying it's all about me. Oftentimes when I come to the house of the Lord, I'm also saying, Lord, send me, lead me, guide me, show me someone that is hurting that I can encourage and tell them everything is going to be all right. 
You don't know how good it feels, some of you should know, but you just don't know how good it feels when someone comes up to me and says, Pastor, everything is going to be all right. It goes such a long way when we can look to our brothers and our sisters and we can receive that handshake, that hug. That's why the quarantine was so difficult because we were separated, isolated from one another. And we didn't have that bond. We didn't have that connectivity. We didn't have the smile on each other's face that we can look to and encourage one another and strengthen one another as we so do. But it is vital that even during the difficult times, even during the pressing times, we come to the house of the Lord and we can lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting together. Because when I see someone else pressing their way, when I know my brother is going through a struggle, but I see him lift up his hands and lift up his voice, it begins to encourage me to say, you know what, then I can lift up my hands and lift up my voice. There's something special about the race, and we are in a race, but it's not to the swift, neither the battle to the strong. But if I can do what we always do and take Matthew 24, 13 and throw it in here, but he that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. See, when you step into this walk, when you step into a choice that you're going to live for Jesus, you're stepping into a lifestyle. There's a complete lifestyle change that takes place in your life. You're going in one direction one day and then you choose to go in a different direction the other day. Uh, and this is important to understand because the people who you surrounded yourself with on yesterday may not be the right people to surround yourself with today because they are only used to doing things a certain way and a certain group of people will cause you to pull back into that certain way but when I step into the new lifestyle I must look to my brothers and my sisters in the church and say if God is able to pull you out and pull you away from away from sin and drugs and alcohol and away of lying and cheating and cussing then I must surround myself with people that God has done it for and then it encourages me to continue on I love hearing the testimonies when people have been brought out of a way of sin I love hearing testimonies when they were going down a road that was so dark but God got a hold of their heart and pulled them back in but boy, do I love testimonies when I can hear my brothers and sisters say, God kept me away from all of that mess. But God kept me away. I never had to go down a road of that way and that type of lifestyle. But God kept me away from that life. It is encouraging to me when I hear those testimonies because we should look to our young people and say, see there, you don't have to choose a wrong way. You don't have to choose a wrong path. Well, I just preach to myself because I've got little children and I need my young girls to look up to some older young ladies and some older mothers in the church that say, baby, you don't have to go down that way. Um, you don't have to give your life like that. You don't have to do those things. But God kept me out of a way from sin. So I'm thankful to the Lord. We really just don't know how close the Apostle Peter was to becoming another 
Judas Iscariot. Peter just denied the one he said he would die for. Judas betrayed once and took his own life. Peter betrayed three times. What's interesting here is that I begin to think about when Peter denied him three times in less than a 24-hour period, probably less than a 12-hour period, denies him three times and goes off and runs. Where I begin to think about where were the disciples? Where were his friends? Where were his people that he fished together? Where were the ones that was walking with him as they were following Jesus Christ? I, now, think about this now. I, I want you to hear me very closely. Jesus told Peter that this was going to happen. He did not tell Peter this was going to happen in a corner. But his friends heard that this was going to take place. Now, you mean to tell me Peter didn't have one friend? That was going to say, brother, I'm not going to let you do this, but I'm going to stay with you. And once this begins to take place, I'm going to pull you away. I don't care how far we need to go. Where was Peter's friends in this moment? And even when Peter ran off, Jesus had to die. He had to be laid in a tomb and he rose again. So there were multiple days where his friends could have went and found him. But where was Peter's friends when he needed them the most? Because it took the angel of the Lord who returned and said, you look for Jesus. He no longer lays here, but go tell his disciples and Peter that he has returned. It took an angel of the Lord to remind the people that I haven't forgotten about Peter, even though you have. I want you to hear me and hear me well. Because in the middle of chaos, that's when people get lost. It's in the middle of chaos. It's in the middle of a chaotic time and period. That's when things begin to take place and people and souls are lost. You have to remember when Peter was denying him, there was chaos going on. This is when Jesus had been portrayed and now he's been taken and now he's getting ready to go to be crucified. So this is in the middle of chaos right now. And in the midst of middle, excuse me, of a chaotic world, that's when people and souls can be lost. Hear your preacher right now. Hear your pastor. You need to take a look around on this Sunday evening and say, who is not here right now? Who has been faithful to the house of the Lord on Sunday mornings? And Oh, I hope you're hearing my heartbeat right now. The pastor shouldn't be the only one looking around saying, now who, who, who should be here that is not here? But the people of God, even in the middle of chaotic mess that is going on in our world, in the middle of chaos, somebody should be looking around and saying, we're missing my brother. Wait, we're missing my sister. I need to pick up the phone on Monday and reach out to my brother and reach out to my sister. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm trying to awake you. I'm trying to get you to understand and realize that it's going to take each and every last one of us to care for our brother's and sisters. Hallelujah. Because in the middle of chaos, that's when people are lost. And our world is in a 
chaotic mess. But that's when people get lost. We can be quickly consumed about us. We can be quickly consumed about me and lose focus on the big picture of supporting and helping one another. It is important that we understand that people in the middle of chaos get lost. But Lord, help us right now to be a people that can care for our brothers and our sisters. I want to pause here for a moment because I want to speak and minister from my heart. This has been a church through the years that has had a strong spirit of love and care for people. This church through the years has had a very tremendous burden for souls. Church that cannot be lost. Can I talk to the next generation that is coming up? That cannot be lost. There are people that are wailing and weeping in their prayer room consistently and crying out and calling upon brothers and sisters. But I'm not seeing a younger generation that has that same desire. And I'm preaching to you as your pastor. I'm talking to you. We cannot lose the burden and the passion for people. I'm telling you right now, because as our elderly continue to age and as they continue to get weary, and if the Lord tarries, if the Lord takes them on by the way of the grave, we cannot lose that wailing and weeping and travailing. But there must be a generation that rises up that says, I know my mothers are gone, but I'm going to stand in the gap because I used to see brother and sister Whitaker fall on their face and their knees. I'm going to take their place. I used to see Sister Holmes and Sister Holmes fall on their face and their knees. Now I've got to take their place. I used to see Brother and Sister Parnell. I used to see these people. We've got to have a generation that's not afraid, neither ashamed, to stand. Because if we don't rise to the occasion now, don't think you're going to rise to the occasion later. This is not a lifestyle that you can just flip a switch and think everything's just going to turn on and everything's going to be perfect. But no, you've got to learn to discipline yourself right now. Every time pastor says it's time to pray, I'm going to the prayer room. Every time pastor says we've got to meet, I've got to be there. Why? Because I'm disciplining myself. Hallelujah. We can't lose it, church. We can't lose it. There's two things I hear the most that I just want to tear down right now when people say that I can't and people say I've done too much. There's three reasons why people say that I can't. Three reasons why people say that I've done too much. Lack of knowledge, lack of resources, lack of belief. Either you just don't know the God that you serve. Or you think you don't have the support that you need. 
or you simply do not believe. That's why the Bible says in Mark 13, 13, then ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 9, verse number 11, that the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong. But the Bible says in the latter part, but time and chance happeneth to them all. I want everyone before we leave here today to understand how you can have time and chance happen to you. The Hebrew word for time is the word ith, E-T-H, meaning time or season. The Hebrew words for chance happen are piga, kara, together with the word ith, E-T-H. They present a picture not of random occurrences, but right happenings that are dependent on the Lord's orchestration. It's unfortunate that the word chance is used in the English translation. When you read time and chance happen to them all, it gives the impression of random happenings or occurrences that happen by luck. But if you study the root word of pega or piga, in the scripture you'll see it is in the form or it is actually originally from the word pega, P-A-G-A, and not P-E-G-A which actually means to make intercession or to pray. I want to say this. When you're doing your studying and when you study out your word and you look up certain words, it's important to look for its original meaning. And it's important to actually, if you will look up when the word was actually first used, because oftentimes there's very good significance in the first occurrence of the word in the Bible. Applying this principle to the word pega, P-A-G-A, the principle being of the first occurrence, you will see it for the first time in Genesis chapter number 23, verse number 8. The Bible says, and he communed with them, saying, if it be your mind that I should bury my dead out of my sight, hear me, and somebody say entreat. Entreat. That word entreat there means, that comes from the pega, P-A-G-A. It means to intercede. The same word is also used in Isaiah chapter number 53, verse number 12, where the Lord says at the very bottom of the scripture or of the verse, it says the Lord made intercession for the transgressors. The other word for kara is often used in other parts of the Bible to explain God-ordained happenings. So chance happens should more accurately be translated as prayed opportunities or prayed happenings. So if and pega kara, time and chance, happiness speaks of right time, right place, happenings. Or in other words, it means being at the right place at the right time. I want to encourage someone here today that the things that are taking place in our day, in our world, and in your life is not by luck. Matter of fact, many of you that are here today, you know it's not by luck. We have many people that are watching us, whether it be on our broadcast, whether it be on our website. They are coming to know who we are, coming to know what we believe. That's not by luck. But you just happen to be in the right place at the right time. 
It's important to understand this because many of us try to rush things. And see, when we rush things, we are missing out what the Lord has for us at the right place at the right time. See, because when the Lord speaks things into your spirit, there is a time and place for you to receive what belongs to you. But see, when we receive a word from the Lord, we want to hurry up and get there. And oftentimes when we rush it, we miss out on what the Lord does because we ran right by it. But we need the Lord to move upon us and help us and guide us so that I'm not moving too fast. Neither am I moving too slow. But I'm moving at the right place, at the right pace, so that when it's my time to receive, I'm arriving at the right time. Because when you arrive at the right time, when God has things for you, that means you're ready to receive what he has for you. See, too often we are moving too fast saying, Lord, I want it right now. And see, if we receive something too soon, you may not be ready for it. Your spirit may not be ready for it. Your mind may not be ready for it. So oftentimes God can give you something and yet you allow it to waste away. Why? Because you were not prepared for the blessing God had for you. So that's why it's important to move at the right speed at the right pace and moving at the right time because God is going to move you into a position so that I'm in the right place at the right time and when I receive what God has for me at the right time I can rejoice in the Lord and say look what the Lord has done I didn't realize I was in the right place at the right time but I can look around and say look at the glory of the Lord but you can't move too fast. You can't be too slow. But Lord, work on me. Help me to move at the right pace so that I can receive at the right time. Some of you right here, right now, are at the right place at the right time. And I'm here to tell you that God is getting ready to pour out a blessing on you that you are have not room enough to receive. But you got to be moving at the right pace to receive it at the right time because when you receive it at the right time that means you are on godly time and not your time see there's a difference there because when you receive things on your time it's not going to work out like he wants it to work out he being Jesus see it's not going to work out that way uh -uh. because now you've received something because the Lord allows something to take place in your life and you receive something where God was trying to give you more than what you received okay let me explain that a little bit further what I'm saying is is that see too often we are moving too fast because we want it right now I want it right now if I've got a word I want it right now and we start moving too fast so therefore there is a time and a place when God wants to pour it out but yet because you're moving so fast God allows you to receive a little Somebody say mercy. 
that's exactly what that is <laughs> because he doesn't have to give you anything <laughs> but see oftentimes we we, we we take the little and we start rejoicing over the little we see a little bit of light we see a little bit of crack God gives us just a little bit but God is saying if you would just slow down I'm trying to pour out a lot upon you but you've got to move at a certain pace you've got to move at a godly pace and not man's or woman's pace see some of us need to learn how to just slow down some of us just need to learn how to take a step back just hold on a little bit you're going to receive everything that God has promised unto you but there is a right time and a right place why because things just don't happen by accident things just don't happen by luck you don't just wake up one day and say boy I show am lucky no you say boy I show am blessed I am blessed and highly favored of God everything that you have is a blessing from the Lord you've got to know and you've got to understand right now that the Lord has never forsaken you neither has he forgotten you so why are we trying to outrun Jesus trying to get back what the devil stole from us but God is saying if you would just allow me to make way if you would allow me to fight your battle I'm trying to tell you to slow down because I'm trying to fight your battle slow down let me fight because when the Lord fights you just walk into your glory you just walk into your blessing you just walk into what belongs to you and you didn't have to raise one finger hallelujah y'all gotta excuse me but I didn't preach this morning so I feel good I feel like preaching just for a little can I preach bishop can I preach I'm telling you right now some of us CMT there is a right place and a right time for this church I know we're ready for an outpouring I know we're ready to build on I know we're ready to fill these seats but God is saying I've got to fight a few more battles I've got to take care of a few more devils there's a few more things I got to work out so I'm just saying Lord work it out Lord do it I'm not fighting I'm gonna let you fight because when the Lord fights all I gotta do is just move right on in and I'm just step right on in because what belongs to me belongs to me somebody clap your hands unto the Lord yes somebody shout time somebody shout chance Prayed opportunities. You hearing me, church? Prayed opportunities. Prayed opportunities. That's what time and chance is. It's where you've prayed and asked for wisdom and asked for guidance. You've prayed and said, Lord, I need you. It's where you've prayed and humbled yourself and say, God, if you don't do it. Where you've prayed the opportunity. Ooh, I feel this so strong. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. But the violent, we pray and ask the Lord to step in. That's how we take it by force. Uh -huh. 
the reason why I'm able and you and I are able to take back what belongs to us is because the Lord already fought the battle. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. You know that song. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole. Don't get too excited. Uh uh-uh, uh. Because I ain't going to the enemy's camp. <laughs> I'm going to send the Lord to the enemy's camp. <laughs> Y'all got too excited too fast. So Sister Rachel, don't ever sing that song again. We ain't going to the enemy's camp, but my prayer is, my prayer is going before me. I'm going to say, Lord, fight my battle. Lord, you see that devil. You see how he's fighting. You see how he's attacking my home. You see how he's attacking my finances. You see how he's attacking my family. Lord, fight my battle. And when the Lord goes before you, then I can step in the enemy's camp. The battle's already won. I'm going to take back what he stole from me. Uh-huh. That's how good God is. Because even as I'm approaching a camp, the Lord's like, whoa, 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 brother Robinson. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> let, let, me, let me fight. <laughs> let me take care of this. <laughs> because when I'm done fighting, you're going to come away with more <laughs> than what you originally started with. <laughs> oh, somebody needs to receive that right now. <laughs> See, you're trying to get back just what you had left. <laughs> but God's trying to give you more than what you originally had. <laughs> but see, if you try to rush it, <laughs> if you try to push it, you're only going to receive what you had maybe even less but if you allow the Lord to position you at the right place at the right time God can give you more than what you had left the first time I could be preaching to myself right now and that's okay because I'm not settling for nothing I'm not going to settle just for crumbs when I can get the whole loaf. I'm not going to settle just for the leftovers when God is saying you can have a seat at my table. I'm not going to settle for waiting at the back door, knocking on a back door, saying, Lord, is there anything left for me? When God is saying, no, you can come on in. You can come on in and dine with me. You can sit at my table. You can have what I have. You can get. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. It's not by luck. Nor you were meant to be born when you was born. It's not by luck. I knew you was going to be born at this appointed time so that I can use you to build an ark for the saving of yourself and for the saving of your family. I needed you, Noah, to be at this appointed time. I needed you, Hebrew boys. Uh Uh-huh. I know you were taken away in captivity as, as well as Dan. You were thinking, what is going on with my life? Here I am taken captive. Here I am taken to an enemy territory, not because of a choice that they had made, but a choice that past kingdoms and kings have made. And now they're suffering because other people didn't handle their business the right way in a godly way. Oh, I wish somebody knew their Bible right now. Hallelujah. And now here they are taken captive. But God had them in the right place at the right time because he knew that he was going to get the glory out of them because Nebuchadnezzar after he said now you know if you don't bow I'm going to turn up that heat even more and you're going to burn and who is this God that you think can save you it's amazing how God can change someone's life and someone's heart 
Because that same king, when he said, now wait a minute now, didn't we throw in three? Why do I see four? That same one that asked him, who is this king? He said, hey, whoever speaks against their God, I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to throw you in a fiery furnace and I'm going to turn your whole household into a dunghill. It was the same person. Why? Because the Hebrew boys were in the right place at the right time. Uh-huh. Can, can you give me Acts chapter 2? I believe it's uh, uh, verse number 5. Yes. Now, this is the day of Pentecost. Somebody say right place. Right time. The Lord knew what he was doing. He told them just to wait. They didn't know when they was going to receive anything. He just said, wait, because if he would have gave it to them too soon, then they wouldn't have had this surrounding. Gave them to it too late, they wouldn't have had this surrounding. But they was in the right place, waiting at the right time. Because we love to quote Acts, but verse number five is the kicker. Because verse number five says, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews devout men out of where? Every nation under heaven. See, the Lord knew how to get everybody's attention. But see, they had to be in the right place at the right time because the Lord had a bigger picture for them. See, they thought Jesus, as he was ascending, was only speaking to them. But the Lord had a bigger picture in mind that he was going to be reaching all people everywhere. That's why it's important not to move too fast, not to go too slow, but Lord help me to move at the right pace so God I can show up at the right place at the right time. Some of you have been calling on the name of the Lord day in and day out saying Lord I'm ready to receive. Lord I'm ready to take back. Lord I'm ready to go forward. Lord I'm ready to move on. Lord I need my healing. I need my deliverance and the Lord is saying, just hold on, sister. Just hold on, brother. I'm making room for you to receive more than what you even imagine. I need CMT to receive this right now because we're about to receive more than what you even imagine. God is getting ready to do something spectacular in every single individual, but you cannot get ahead of God. Don't try to get out in front of him. You're going to lose your place and lose your anointing, and you will also lose your authority uh, because it takes God to be for you in order to have the authority that is given. Oh, am I preaching to somebody in here? That's how you have authority is if God be for you. That's when he says, who can be against you? But you cannot move too fast and get out ahead of God because you're going to mess things up for yourself and mess things up for others. But we must be on one place in one accord in one mind in one spirit saying, Lord, move us together. Position us together because I truly believe without a shadow of a doubt, I'm not doubting this thing, that God is going to give us more than what we even expect. And I want to speak into somebody's life right now that God is getting ready to give you more than what you expect. God has heard your prayers. He's heard your tears. He's felt your pain. He knows how long you've been weeping and crying, groaning unto the Lord. He knows what's happening in your spirit. He knows what's going on in your heart. And God is getting ready to do more in you than what you even expect. But somebody needs to receive in their spirit, God position me that I may be at the right place, at the 
the right time because when I'm in the right place at the right time I can just receive what belongs to me I don't have to stretch for it I don't have to fight for it I don't have to give anything up for it but I'm able to gain more than what I once had some ought to clap your hands and receive that right now hallelujah it's amazing that what is taking place in our day in our society right now that the Lord is still blessing people over and over again I'm going to say that again because we don't hear too much about what God is doing and how he is blessing people. We hear so much negativity. Matter of fact, when you go home, you go walk into negativity. As soon as you turn on that TV, it's going to talk about negativity. It's going to talk about all the things that are going wrong in your day. That's why when we come to the house of the Lord, I need to hear about what's good happening. I need to hear about the positive things. I need to hear about how God is blessing you and how God is protecting us. I need to hear about how God is doing great things in your household. You cannot come to the house of the Lord. I don't care how bad things are or you may think they are and hang your head down and say, woe is me. But when you come into the house of the Lord, you ought to give your all to Jesus Christ and turn on. I'm going to say that again. Turn on a spirit of worship. Because we hear so much that is taking place all around us. All the time, it bombards us, whether it be TV, newspaper, magazines, we are surrounded by it. We're surrounded by it. The Lord just was impressing upon me the other day. And said, it's in the middle of chaos when people get lost. Church, we're going to stand here in a moment. And what I feel so strong is that we cannot allow, we cannot allow ourselves to get lost in the chaos. <clears throat> you hear me, church? We cannot allow ourselves to get lost in the chaos. We can lose our worship so easy. We can lose our praise and our purpose quickly because of the chaos. I don't even try to hurry up and go back home anymore. Because when I'm in the presence of the Lord, I really want to stay in the presence of the Lord. I do. When we begin to worship and magnify him, can I, can, I, can, I, can I talk to you for a second? Let me tell you something. Now, I grew up in church. And many of us here grew up in church. See, do you realize how easy it is to go through motions? You know how easy it is to clap when everyone else claps? You know how easy it is to lift up your hands when everybody else lift up their hands? You know how easy it is to say, thank you, Jesus, when you just heard five other people say, thank you, Jesus? Do you realize how easy it is? 
can I preach to you, to become stagnant in your spirit and you don't even realize it? Do you realize how that, that is so easy? You don't even realize you're going back. You don't even see it. You don't even realize it. You don't even realize it because it's that easy. And the enemy just wants to pull. He wants to pull. He, he just wants you to just, come on, just blend on in. It's okay. Yeah, you heard somebody else worship, so you go ahead and worship. You, you heard somebody else praise, so you go ahead and praise. You know how easy it is to get caught up in that? And how we have to challenge ourselves to push beyond to say, Lord, I need you right now. We have to be able to push beyond to say, even if I don't feel like it, I've got to be able to say, thank you, Jesus. I, you know how challenging it is sometimes uh, to not look around and see everybody else's facial expressions uh, and then all of a sudden you get down. You ever been around? You, you ever woke up and had a good day but you surrounded your people that was having a bad day and now all of a sudden you start having a bad day. And you told yourself, I'm not having a bad day today. That's how easy it is. Because people get lost in the chaos. And we get lost in the chaos. I feel that strong. Let's stand to our feet right now. There's nothing else I need to say.